comic book pit. Okay. I'm like, hey, studio. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, here we are again. This is episode 265 of the Comic Book Pit. I'm Dan. And I'm the Duke. The Duke. <laughs> now you're the Duke. Last last week you were, you were Scott. All of a sudden you're... You no, were, uh, yeah. Well, were, yeah, I'm you Scott. But you're Scott. Now you're I don't know. I, I, it's like a new seat, new name. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, now Scott, yeah. Scott the Duke. Scott the Duke. Scotty Duke. The man look, of many, many, many names. Look for me on the web, Scotty Duke. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, look for him on the internet. <laughs> so we're here to. Uh, this is our our comic review episode, and I've got a few things to talk about. Okay. And um, well, it looks like I brought some books. I feel like we have. Okay, I, I see you've got Kick Ass. Kick Ass. Hold, hold that up there. Kick Ass. There we go. Oh, you've got a different cover. Yeah, I have the, like the variant uh, uh, pencil like sketch, sketch cover. Sketch cover. Okay. And then I also have. Well, well, I'll show. I can show both of these, but basically, it's the uh, Batman Wonder Woman. Wow, we are. Batman Wonder Woman. We are synced up because I am. I'm talking about all those books. Can we do a, a Holy Trinity, Holy <laughs> Skyborn? That's that. That's where we fall short. Well, so does this book, but we'll talk oh. about that later. Oh, okay. Snap. Yeah, wow. Yikes. Sorry, sorry, Frank Cho. You're coming in hot. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm the Duke. I don't want people <laughs> to know my real name. No. So, uh, <clears throat> well, I'm, uh, I've got, yeah, I've got some, uh, some notes on Kick-Ass, uh, Batman, and I'm also going to talk about the Wildstorm Volume One trade paperback. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that one of the Ollie? Was that one of your Ollie finds or no? No, this was this was the new one from um, the, oh. the new Warren Ellis. Oh, uh, it was like the reimagining of the Wildstorm universe. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. So, um, well, where do you want to get started? I feel like I mean, we, you kind of have Kickass right there. Like we have it right on top, and we we both brought it, so. Maybe we could talk about the new issue of Kick-Ass. Okay. The new series. The new series. Okay, so so I have to start by saying, so we we get, um, it, it, like, review copies of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. That's what I, I read. We get review copies from companies like Image, which this was published from. Not only did they send us that, they sent us the first four original miniseries than like trade paperback form. Oh nice. So volumes so the first three miniseries that were the the original kick ass, the Dave Lazuski character yeah. and the Hit Girl spin off miniseries. Right. And issue one of Kick Ass. Now well, I didn't know if this new Kick Ass had anything to do with the previous mm-hmm. volumes. Now I, I think we used to talk about Kick-Ass pretty regularly yeah, on the show. Yeah, this is an old favorite. That's why, also why I thought I better read this for 
Yeah. You know, like well, so, now. <laughs> well, well, so, well, I dropped off, like, maybe midway through Kick-Ass Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Like, it just got to be too much. Well, yeah, Mark Miller likes his, uh, well, bloody So, I basically, in the past comics, uh, week, I binge-read oh. those first four volumes of oh Kick-Ass. wow okay it's yeah. been a few years for me so um i i'm not sure if that was the best thing to do <laughs> it was like what have i done yeah I, I feel like i went through like the various like some i don't know some stages of something where it was like at first it was like oh man i, I remember why i liked kick-ass so much yeah it was you know it was a fun that first volume that first series miniseries was a lot of fun and then the second volume was still fun, but then I started re- remembering why I started like not to like Kick Ass. Yeah, and then by the end, I was like, "Wow, this is this is rough reading." Yeah, I mean, there was just it's just, you know it's just so much. It's the the uber violence and the 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 over the top everything that Mark Miller is. Yeah, and I, and I think that's when we collectively kind of started to get away from mark miller yeah you know i mean he's he's since had quite a resurgence oh yeah for sure yeah but i think he um he's yeah he we had to step back from all the blood the blood and guts kind of um thing that he was doing uh just because it started to seem pointless instead of you know for the story so um uh, i don't know i think uh, you're, you're you're like getting my mind going here again of of these old well but well yeah because it, it, it was just over the top for the mm-hmm. sake of being over the top yeah what I remember too is like when it got bad at the end was when they were starting to do the the movie and remember how they just left the last I think it was like the last two issues they just didn't he just didn't put them out until. So like the movie was almost out or something like that. It was almost like I I was so at that point I was so far removed from Kick Ass mm. that I didn't remember any of that. Yeah, um, I, that's what I'm. That's that's where my memory is going right now. Is like I was like I wasn't even I didn't that, even remember that there was a third volume. Like I knew there was the first two volumes plus the the, the Hit Girl miniseries. And I think the third volume was to wrap up the Dave story. Right. But I think he didn't want it to be out until the movie was out or at least close to it. So then he just sat on him for like a year. Yeah. Or who knows what. Um, well, yeah, yeah, that's the other problem with like uh, kick-ass had a problem with just publishing, just being on time. And yeah. just, it was just fraught with, and then, and I think I noticed as you know, I, I'm reading these multiple series, the art progressively got worse. Now we know that, oh, yeah. that John Rita Jr. He did he did the like the the, the breakdowns and mm-hmm. he had like I think Tom Palmer and someone else they were doing like the finishes yeah. and, and like more of a color wash on top oh, of it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it, it started to look pretty awful. Yeah. at the end, I was it was almost <laughs> it was barely readable. A spoiler for this book too, but he still draws little kids really weird. <laughs> that's the other thing he draws <laughs> little kids with these giant like they're the like ball like, like these giant bobbles heads and these yeah. little skinny bodies yeah i'm like dude yeah learn how to like 
Google search how to like a kid. I feel like something. he just does it like it's like it just looks awful. They, they more they, expressionism or something. Well, they or? they basically it looks like he's just like you said like a bobblehead. Like he's it, it looks like an adult size head and a like. Like the, they don't even look like kids. Like they facially. look strange. Yeah, they look like adults with giant heads and skinny little bodies. Like, <laughs> like this is a, like we didn't get into this book yet, but this little girl on the potty. Like I don't know if you can see that in the camera, but yeah. Well, okay. but I mean, she looks weird. Like she, she just well, looks like a weird. I'll actually say so, kid, so. So getting to this issue, I thought actually, the art. Did like a 360. It is way yes, and it's, that's what I was gonna say. It's way better. And I think he like maybe there he practiced a little bit more of like a cartooning type of style, like yeah. more of exaggerated. Like, but the the children actually look like children. Here's what I I think though too is like you 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 kind of hinted at uh, you know how someone else did the finishes for him. Mm-hmm. In this one, uh, Peter Steigerwald did the uh, digital inks and colors, and I wonder how much than influence he had on this book because honestly I didn't I read this so fast I was like I gotta read this like because I know we're gonna talk about it Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize it was John Romita Jr. until about halfway through yeah like because the art looks (laughs) it looks so much smoother um you know usually everybody looks so angular yeah it it doesn't have his his standard like uh his blocky Mm -hmm. Style his, and his heavily rendered and over inked, yeah. Style, it wasn't, yeah. It's not like it was like it was not obvious. JR, JR, yes, it was, su- it was more subtle. And, and looking at it again now, I can see that I see his style on every page, yeah. But, um, yeah, <laughs> like I was halfway through it and I'm like, wait a minute, is JR still on this? <laughs> oh, yeah, he is, yeah. I, I kind of had to do like kind of the same double take, mm-hmm. so. So Kick-Ass number one is the same team. It's Mark Miller and John Romita Jr. This time, it's a completely different character yeah. in the taking up the mantle of Kick-Ass. The, uh, yeah, the only thing that's still the same is the, the costume. Right. But this time, it's... it's uh, so whereas the original Kick-Ass was uh, high school student Dave Lazuski, this one is uh, Army veteran uh, patients... Lee, I think, is her name. Yeah, and so she's a she's an African American uh, mom. Well, she it, her husband leaves her before she gets back from her tour of duty, so she's a struggling single mom, um, barely making ends meet, despite the fact that she, she's probably like a highly decorated combat soldier. Right. She, she can't find apparently can't find a job anywhere. Right, except uh, uh, waiting tables at some some dive bar or something where she doesn't make any money. So she's basically like, I, I you know, they, they give us the impression that she's kind of living in the hood. Right. That's, that's, I think that was part of what she, she was like, this is where my home is. But there's really no, there's no opportunities here. There's no, there's no work except to work for the local bad guys. Right. So, um, she does, she doesn't want to go there. She doesn't want to take that step. Um, I think her, I'm not sure who this guy was, but basically a relative. Yeah, she's got um, like a cousin or someone yeah. who is hooked up with, with whatever the local mob, the is. local crime. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the other uh, interesting thing, I don't know if it's interesting or just 
you know, just a different, ch- it's a change of scenery or setting where the original kick-ass stories took place in New York City. Yeah. This takes place in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. It's just weird. Yeah, it's I, like... Like, why? I <laughs> Left turn? <laughs> no, I mean... It, you know? That, I, that, that setting was was cool for breaking bad yeah it doesn't really make a lot of sense for ah unless they're just they're trying to i think you know like i mean i'm being kind of funny about that left turn at albuquerque but Mm -hmm. maybe that's what he thought he's like i want to break miller's always miller's always been really good at um breaking the molds of traditional comics Mm -hmm. and now he's literally taking his his comic and breaking it so he's maybe that's part of his thinking, you know. Yeah, even Breaking Bad, like, hey, I'm breaking my book, you know, whatever. <laughs> breaking books. So it'll be in Albuquerque. Well, um, I don't know. Yeah. But it, <clears throat> I, I know mean, what you're saying. It like, does it really make sense? I, I think it was just kind of a stretch to where. So so she basically decides that um, she's going to rip off the local crime, crime. lord. Yeah. And Tuco. <laughs> but no. it was kind of too no. <laughs> breaking bad. It, it just felt like it was a stretch, and there was really no good transition from her to go to, you know, struggling single mother to putting on this costume. Like why? So what? Why? You know, a why the costume, and b why kick ass. I think that, like they say, it, they really don't say much of it. I think you're supposed to infer some of this, but I think she. Um, she she realizes the only way she's going to get the money she needs is to rob a bank. Um, and she's like, I don't want to rob a bank. She's like, but I could rob the local bad guys of their money. And then to be misleading, she's like, I will use an established superhero, mm-hmm. um, you know, so nobody knows it's me. Well, of course, like, just reading this book, you can almost guess where it's going to go because... She's unmasked. Like, yeah. Like, she doesn't even, it's not one of those, um, you know, like Spider Man moments, like, oh my goodness, she's unmasked. But if she's in the moment of the action, they bring her inside, they take her mask off, they're like, who is this person? And then she, you know, does kick ass. She breaks, you know, she kicks everybody's ass in the room. But you know, there's got to be video surveillance. Well, that, that's yeah. getting her her picture, and that's going to – you know it's going to go that way. Yeah, I just uh, – there's a lot of – this is a this is something I struggle with between, um, you know, it's a comic book, and we're supposed to take these mm-hmm. leaps of logic and suspensions of disbelief. But but this time I, I, I have a problem with the fact that, you know, she's a – she's an – Army veteran, uh, probably honorably discharged. Yeah. And uh, again, you tell me she can't find a job. Yeah. Not only that, but she's a, she's got one or two kids. I think she's got two kids. Uh, yeah, maybe two. I think she's got two children. I'm not a mother. I'm not even a parent. But I can. I, I feel very safe in saying that no parent is gonna, you know, with yeah. two kids are, are two gonna kids. <coughs> risk their life to do something stupid like this 
and and you know risk way, like their their child not having a parent. The way she's going about it, um, I like when she's in the car and she's like, "I'm gonna go rob them," and you think that she's gonna be all sneaky about it, but it seems like her plan was actually to just get caught, to just get mm-hmm. brought in so that she could just fight her way back out. Which, yeah, as a as a mother of two, that doesn't sound like sound logic. You know, now if she was just trying to sneak in and she thought she could get away, like with stealth or whatever, and then she's like surprised that she got caught. That seems a little more plausible to me. Yeah, because well, she's basically throwing herself into mortal danger with a family. But I, but she also right. says she also admits too. She's like, well, I you know I miss the rush, but it's still like yeah. But yeah, but now it's like you're you're not in the army anymore. Yeah, you're you're, you're not leading soldiers. You're leading children like you're yeah. like you're supposed to be taking care of your children not your not your soldiers yeah not, not only that but I, I felt like turning to a costume should have been like they should have sh- there should should have been more of a struggle shown or more mm-hmm. like more desperation more yeah. of like oh you know go you know showing her going on multiple job interviews and getting turned down or oh yeah you know not getting federal assistance or you know you're it's, you know, it like, seemed like like showing the desperation and like the last page should have been like that. This is what it's come to and her with, with, a, with costume, a costume on, you know. Yeah, I think that he I think that, that that's what his trade off was for this issue was that he he's like, well, this is the abridged version, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of, you know, um, inner dialogue boxes. Um, and then she, you know, because I think he wanted to get to. The part that yeah this is this is the new kick ass and that's what I my my question is is like does it um you know fulfill the spirit of the kick ass character like mm-hmm. who basically is someone that doesn't really know how to fight crime is doing it anyway just because just because well and yeah. she I think she fulfills that that role. Well, I wonder if we're going to see a little bit more of a backstory to see why she chose to be Mm kick-ass. I mean, this is someone who, you know, I mean, from New New York to New Mexico, it's basically across the country. Now, yeah, I know we're in the age where it's a 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. And, you know, she probably was well aware of the superhero movement in New York City, and kick-ass was kind of the first – and the, the most visible and the most well known, but there's still there's got to be a reason. So I wonder if we're going to see some some of her motivations behind like why like why kick ass like why not or you know or a new to, a, uh, a different the, costume to the or other a different guy name. the red the red mist the red mist mm-hmm. you know just use that one because then it'd be like oh well villain you know villain but maybe that's part of her misdirection with the the bad guys like oh we caught ourselves a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, kind of going back to what you said about um, Mark Miller, like is this his left turn? I feel like it, it kind of is. I, I think like his his first kick ass was was a or pretty much all of the kick ass miniseries up to this point have been very meta commentaries on superheroes and comic books mm-hmm. and pop culture. And I wonder if this is his commentary on taking an established character and doing the, like how Marvel and DC will take an established 
character like a legacy character and say, oh, this character's a woman now, or this character's African-American, or this character's an African-American woman. Yeah, you kind of, yeah. Yeah, considering how many times, you know, Marvel has been trying different different things to appeal to different audiences, maybe Miller's like, well, yeah, let's, I'm going to do that too, you know, and just Mm -hmm. try it out. Maybe that's what gets his uh, creative wheels turning too, um, because I feel like he doesn't do things just for sales. But I think he's, I think he's trying to entertain himself in a way. So he he challenges himself with with some ideas. Yeah, I so. give him I give him some credit, but I, I also think, yeah, sometimes I, th- I think he does things just to, just to do things, mm-hmm. as I, I think we've seen a lot of in his past works, especially the kick-ass series um you know partially just feels like he's doing this to exploit the character of kick-ass as a an african-american woman which actually um did you see on the uh what was it the last page like the ad for hit girl so are they they're bringing back hit girl or are they bringing back a new like is this a new hit girl i don't um, hold, hold that up let's that, that ad I, oh. I didn't i didn't see it i have the digital copy so i didn't see that I can kind of see your screen, so yeah, I see it there. Um, so, like, it looks like the same so girl that's next week. I think it is going to be the same character. Okay, but I'm I'm more I'm actually a little bit more interested in that one just because it's a different artist. It's not yeah, it's not John Romita Jr. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that actually. Although and I, I will say that the character of Hit Girl, you know, as I was reading all the Kick-Ass volumes. That character really got on, like, just that one they took too far. Oh, Hit Girl? Yeah, she was just... Unbeatable. Yeah, and everything was just, you know, like, she was, she was like an eight-year-old Batman. Yeah. But awful, like, more awful than, you know, just an awful person. (laughs) So, Hmm. well, I I, I would say if, if... so where do you stand on this one? Is this a? Eh, I I would is say is this a bag it or burn it? <laughs> oh oh wow yeah that is way back bringing it back. I would say if you are if you've read Kick Ass all the Kick Ass series up to this point, you might want to check it out. It's you know it's just a continuation of the the legacy of the franchise so you might be interested in it it's i the first issue wasn't i mean i would say it looked a lot better than it you know maybe john you know taking john romita off the book yeah for a while or you know have you know maybe you know he he hasn't really been doing which i think we discussed in one of our last episodes he hasn't really been doing a lot lately other than like a lot of covers and i was trying to think what he I know we were talking about that, but I I thought he was still. Oh, he's oh, still working um, for DC, but he's he's got that new book, um, Silencer. That's what it was, the Silencer. Yeah. Which we didn't talk about that, but I I, I did actually read that. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I I haven't read any of the I'm other than Batman. I'm a, I'm behind on a lot of DC stuff. I don't have it in front of me, so I'll just say Silencer was actually pretty good. Okay. Um, you know, worth it's definitely worth a try, and yeah, it is John Romita Jr. So he's. He's two time and like he usually, you know, the guy's a, <laughs> he is a workhorse. I'll give him that. Yeah, and sometimes he's he's also one of my original favorite artists. 
Oh, me too. I yeah. I, when when you know that's when when I started reading, collecting comics. I mean, mm-hmm. I started with him. It was when he was on uh, Uncanny X Men. Yeah. In the in the mid eighties, yeah, the first run. His first yes. run on it was right. Like before he really developed that JRJR JR style, that blocky style. Yeah. Yeah. His his um, his work on that on that run was. Oh, really good. Excellent. Yeah. I actually didn't because I started comic reading comics later, it was the Daredevil. It was his run on Daredevil that got that got me hooked. Oh, okay. Uh the Inferno storyline is just that's still one of my all time favorite things to read is Daredevil beaten to a pulp <laughs> fights a demonic vacuum cleaner. Like that that was the story for me. I was like, What the Well and I think that's <laughs> where his style started to change and get a little that mm-hmm. that blocky style and and he was that Al Williamson. Al Williamson inking him was the best thing ever. Yeah, so I think he, so he started working with anchors that had a heavier line because when yeah. he was on X Men, I think it was still Dan Green. Oh yeah, that was probably. inking him, and Dan Green had more of a like a classic, like a cleaner style. Yeah, but guys like Al Williamson, and he was also uh, Klaus Jansen inked him oh, for a yeah, long time. Klaus, yeah, and. Klaus also has kind of a, a very distinct, yeah, uh, like a, a heavier inking style, which I think led to JRJR's overall style having just mm-hmm. having a lot more weight to it. Yeah. So. So I, yeah, I, I think I think I agree with you on this one. I think if I think if you're already a Kickass fan, you will enjoy it. Um, if you're new to the book, you might enjoy it. It's not. It's not bad. I, I I like that they went did a lot of back backstory for the character, um, I and think, it wasn't just a a punch fest. Right. So, I think the one, um, you know, one advantage to this to this book is you really like if you've read Kickass up to this point, it, it's it's a it's a fine next chapter. Yeah. If you've never read any Kickass. You can pretty much pick this up, yeah. You don't and need to read, read it the... cold. You don't. Right. I mean, I, I think it would help to understand how how you got how the character got to this point, or how you know why she like where this costume came from, or where the look originated from. I think it would have been funny if if they had that line in there, like I ordered this on Amazon or something like that. Yeah, you know, costume shops around here all have kick-ass costumes. <laughs> you know, something. And actually, I think. And like thinking back to the movie, this is like crazy trivia, and I I might be wrong about which town this is, but the comic shop that was in the movie mm-hmm. uh, was from that area. Like I don't know if it was Phoenix or um, Albuquerque. Oh, really? But yeah, the comic shop was actually from there. I think that where they filmed the uh, Coffee and Comics. Oh, okay. I think. But they picked out a shop to do that, and then that shop's gone now, though. <laughs> it's just weird That's you know, random trivia for you. So okay. If anybody wants to do the research. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Nah. When I'm at home, I'm, like, tapping, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, I can say that. <laughs> Here I'm like, yeah, I recall. So. <laughs> All right. So, so so shall we move on? Yeah, let's take – um. Well, let's let's get our digs in on uh, Skyborn. Okay, you're gonna have to take the. I mean, I, I I've read up to this point, but I have not read the. This is the final issue of the Spinny series. Yeah. Okay. 
This is the the uh, Frank Cho written and drawn. Uh, Frank Cho five issues from Boom, right? Yep, from Boom Studios. Yeah, and it's all pretty much um, a Frank Cho production. Um, and all right, so you've read this. The thing is, like, I wouldn't say I read it, Scott. Right? <laughs> you you buy it because it's pretty, yeah. you know, because Frank Cho. Right. Guys, I mean, art art wise, knocks it out of the park. Sure. Um. This story is, I would describe more as like a serviceable, you know, towards his strengths. Yeah. He's, he's like, I just want to do something that involves like, you know, giant, you know, fantasy creatures, you know, uh, Wonder Woman kind of character and, you know, a, a pretty standard stuff. Beefy guy. Yeah. He's, he's not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. And you get that because, and I, I guess it's prob- probably my criticism is that it's a five-issue series that took too long to come out, by the way. Shocker. Yeah. Shocker, not shocker. Um, but all right, let me just read, like, the intro to this. Um, Lazarus, from from the Bible, I guess, um, after his miraculous resurrection, fathered three children, Abraham Skyborn, Thomas Skyborn, and Grace Skyborn. All three children were blessed with superhuman strength, Impenetrable skin and immortality. This is their story. Skyborn. Gung, gung, dun. So, all right. It's like the beginning of Law and Order. Yeah. These are their stories. Yeah, exactly. Dung, dung. So, backing up, though, five issues. We never saw Abraham Skyborn. And, in right. fact, he's still... I can't... Yeah, I'm trying to do the thing. But he is still not even pictured in this first frame here. So, is this his story? You know, and then the other thing is uh, Thomas and Grace, there's no character development with these characters. So what is their story? You know what I mean? Like if it's their story. Yeah. You know, it's I I get that. Maybe like maybe just rewrite this first part (laughs) and just say, you know, monsters attacking Merlin. You know, yeah, and the Skyborn has, kids. Just have some keywords in there. Yeah, monsters, Mon- Merlin, boobs. and Skyborn. Yeah, and boobs. Yeah, <laughs> which he do- he totally makes a Frank Cho uh, boob moment in this as well. Oh, really? I was gonna yeah. say he actually, to his credit, he 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 felt it felt very restrained. He has up, been up to this point. He has been restrained on this, but I feel like he went back to his um, Liberty Meadow days with with this one page where okay, um, she needed a. Where uh, Grace needed a um, change of clothes mm-hmm. from fighting monsters, and so if you can see this, so uh, I don't know if I can see uh, it in there. Yeah, I can, can see, you it. see that. Yeah. So she's basically putting her shirt on, and there's like a, a doctor-looking character who's standing there with her, and all I could think is that's the character from Liberty Meadows and yeah. and uh, Brandy, and it's it's totally the the boob joke you know like and he's like oh, i'm gonna do it because i'm frank cho well, yeah and, and, and i haven't really done it yet in this series so he's very he's very he's cheek, inside he's a cheeky monkey inside jokey for his own stuff yeah he's and i and i like that about him but also like it seemed like he wasn't gonna go that way with this but then he's like ah here's some here's some funny yeah he's 
you know, it, it's and I'm sure you do too. The, I, I follow him on on Instagram. Yeah. And because he he posts a lot of really cool stuff, a lot of uh, his processes and s- sketches and doing covers and yep. commissions. The one thing that I always find funny though is, I I, I think, I mean, there's no argument that he's he's beyond talented, and I think he's got a really good sense of humor. But if you've ever looked at any of his sketch cover commissions, he puts like four or five jokes. I know. It's like on each. I'm like, dude, you could you could just scale it back. You're. So are like you? Did you see joke, like, like today's um, Black Panther? Yes. Yeah. So he made. Yeah. What four jokes on that? <laughs> yeah, and it's like after a while he's running out of room, so the. The, the, his captions or his, like where what, where the characters are speaking are like out of place and it doesn't yeah. make it, there's like no flow. I mean I know he's not like telling a story on that cover, but still you're, if you're telling a joke, there's got to be a flow to what, like the dialogue. Yeah, and he's writing like joke here, joke here, joke here, joke on on, on the cover, and it's yeah. like, dude, you got to scale it back yeah, a little bit. He's a nut. I think he. What it seems to me is because of his posts are so erratic too that he's like, well, I've been, I've been up since you know, I'm up, it's four a.m. and I've been up all night like working on this drawing and mm-hmm. I think he gets punchy and he's just like, eh, I'm gonna put another joke in here because who cares? <laughs> it's funny to me right now. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. And well, he's probably laughing all the way to the bank too. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'd buy that. And and you know what? It is funny. Um, mm-hmm. and every cover doesn't need to be a word. You know. A wordless thing. He just likes to do like a oh, yeah, like a his sketch covers are like a panel from a strip. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times. So. Well, and and a lot of his humor is um, poking fun at the comic book industry or at like yeah. the fanboy yeah. machine outrage. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's easy for him to do that because his style is such that he's always going to be drawing like very voluptuous. Mm-hmm. You know, characters that are going to be, uh, you know, could possibly spark, you know, yeah. controversy because that's what we do now. Yeah. Know? Yeah, it's what we do because, as you know, because the Internet. Yeah. Um, so getting back to, like, the the finality, the finality of this book or whatever. Oh, right, yeah. It, it's, uh, there's... It's it's very inc- – there's no consequence um, because we were talking about two immortal characters. We know that Grace – you know, Grace had already been stabbed in the first issue, and it's like, oh, no, she just – and, you know, thought to be dead. And they're like, no, she just needed bed rest <laughs> because she's immortal. Sure. So then um, – I forgot his name. Thomas. Thomas is like, no, I can't take it anymore. I just want to die. They're going to nuke the mountain. And um, so he stays, you know, to keep the, basically to keep the monsters in. And the mountain nukes. And then they, you know, they do like this fade away. And it's like, (laughs) it's just silly, like a a silly fade away of him dying. Mm -hmm. But then like you just turn a couple pages and he crawls out of the rubble. And he's like. You know, swearing because he didn't die from a nuke. So it's like, oh well, then what? What the? Yeah. So what was the point of reading those five issues? Yeah. yeah if he's there's still, no, he's still there. 
He's good. So, like, if this is uh, my review for this book is buy it for the art. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't expect more <laughs> than what's on the surface. Yeah. Yeah, the art is great. The story is kind of goofy. And uh, Colin and I at uh, – Colin at Pittsburgh Comics and I – uh, both agree that he needs to finish his other properties as well. Like, like let's get going. Fifty what? girls, fifty. Oh, well, I thought. And that dinosaur one that he never finished. No, I thought fifty girls, fifty. I thought he was just doing the covers for. Him. Oh, I think he did hand that one off. Yeah, you're he, right. Or he was just like, or maybe he wrote the story. But maybe he was that's doing what the it covers. was. Yeah, and but then, then he did that uh, time travel dinosaur survival. Like, so like an army base got transported to prehistoric times. Oh my god! Hasn't he done that story like twelve times? Already? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I want to. Like, how he, does it end? It's. But <laughs> I would say just you know, just go back and reread his seven issue, uh, Sheena the, from the the Marvel. Series. Oh yeah, yeah. That was just because that's. It was all, the same idea. Was, that's what I mean. It was the yeah. same. It was a jungle girl wearing like a, a leopard, loincloth, and. Uh, and the, soldiers and the army guys st- stuck on a like a dinosaur island. Oh, and what did they always say? Um, holy buckets. Oh yeah, that's right. Holy buckets. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, it's like oh, uh, we get it. You're quirky. You, you say <laughs> holy buckets. Everyone in the unit says holy buckets. <sighs> oh, that show. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, I like him. What can I, I wonder, say? You know, I wonder if he'll ever do like a. Um, like a Matt Wagner or a Terry Moore, like a rev- and do a revival of um, Liberty Meadows. You know, he talks, he mentions it a lot, and he always thinks that. I think that's what happens with him is somebody that's he's that talented is that he's always in demand. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's just hard for him to come back to old properties and yeah, and just do sense. do that. And I think Skyborn was like he's like I am going to get this done. You know he. I think just for his own satisfaction, he was like... Just to put something out. Yeah, that's his. Um, because I think that happens a lot for him where he has ideas and he, he can't get oh, and can't get them out there. And, you know, a book like Skyborne, it's it's a fi- it's just a five-issue series. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll collect nicely. Oh, yeah, the trade will be great. Um, it's something that'll be kind of evergreen, something that yeah. he can always, yeah. you know... It'll be good on a shelf. Shows, yeah, it's a lot of great pages that he could sell. Honestly, it's just a lot of. It, it's just a very basic. It's action and mm-hmm. it's it's good versus evil and monsters and dragons and swords yeah. and Merlin and yeah, you, you know, know, like looking at it that way. If like taking the dialogue, like taking the balloons away and looking at the action on each page, I mean, this book is basically chock filled with like good stuff that you would want to purchase. You know, as like, oh, that's a nice piece of original art. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, the whole series is like that. Where, oh, of course, I open to the uh, pages of people just talking in suits. <laughs> but I mean, there's nice splash pages where you know they're fighting dragons. Um, you know, all kinds of things that it'd be like, like to see that in the original black and white art mm-hmm. would be unbelievable. Remember when he did? I think it was the first. Oh, I don't know. Was it the, like the first arc of? That uh, Avengers series right after was it right after Civil War, where it was remember that the lineup was Iron Man, Black Widow, Ms. Marvel, um, 
was it Ares? Yeah. And Wonder Wonder Man? No. It was it was like a like a five like a five person lineup, and he did like the first oh the Wasp. I think the Wasp was in it. Um, it was like Wasp, Black Widow, Ms. Marvel, Iron Man, and Ares. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he did like the first arc of that. That was uh-huh. that was pretty cool. All right, sorry, my brain uh, just went off track here. I got a. All right, so if am I like maybe not sharp enough on my Bible, <laughs> but uh, but Lazarus, okay, was uh. Oh no, no, never mind. Okay, I'm good. All right, so Lazarus okay. was the one that Jesus brought back, right? Had, All right, because that's that's the whole thing, the whole okay. la- like Lazarus pit and okay, well, I just know. I was losing my place on that because the firstborn son of the skyborns is abraham and i was like wait a minute do they mean abraham old testament and i'm like no wait no i just got screwed up there you know and i, I that was kind of, you know the going back to shows like storytelling and how you know it was kind of like unnecessary for him to like wrap everything up in the whole biblical aspect of it because mm-hmm. there was again there was no payoff to that yeah, it's like he, he just found a way to have super super characters. Like right. he didn't he's like, ah, it's easy, people know who uh people they know, know who Lazarus is and then his kids are invincible. Mm-hmm. So done. Easy yeah. peasy. <laughs> you know, has has Cho ever done I like so I was you know, was talking before about him working on the Avengers and he's done some other Marvel stuff. Has yeah. he ever done any D C stuff? Oh well, um, currently he just he does the covers for Harley Quinn. He does the variant covers. Oh, okay, and that's he's, right. He's been working on, and he also did the Wonder Woman variant covers. But he's just so he's just doing variant covers. He's yeah. not. He's never done any. I, offhand, sequential. yeah, offhand, I can't think of any interiors that he's done. But yeah, he's he has that like one one a month kind of deal, I think, with them. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been on Harley Quinn for. A long time. A long time, yeah, like two or three years. I mean, between so. between him and uh, Amanda Connor, that's a lot of cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I had to make a choice on that book because I really don't read it that – I don't I don't always read Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't want to miss out on Frank Cho's art. So I had to choose between Amanda Connor and Frank Cho, and I – Oh, that's – I know. I, that's, I picked, like, that's like Sophie's choice. It was, and I picked, <laughs> I picked Cho. I was like, you know, like – it was a tough call, but I was like, well, what are you going to do? And uh, I didn't want to buy both of them. I was so. going to say, that is the right call. Buy, buy, bo- buy both buy of them. Buy both of them. So what you should have done. I'll go to the <laughs> what you dollar bin sales, maybe. <laughs> what you should have done was just drop a completely different book. <laughs> yeah. So you could pick up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you could pick up that extra Harley Quinn issue. Just swap. Uh, oh, drop some other Just book. drop something else. Oh, yeah. That's what I should have done. Yeah. <laughs> Like, why am I reading this? This is out. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Well, um, so speaking of DC books, how about that Batman, crazy Batman. I I got this? caught up on the on the last uh, two or three issues. Well, specifically the the follow up to the Super Friends storyline. So the first two issues of that was. Uh, Batman and Catwoman going on a double date with Superman and Lois Lane, and also Batman and Superman kind of like not really defining their friendship, but, you know, 
one of those things like Superman is Batman. It was basically Batman's best friend, even though he really won't admit it. Right. But Batman never told Superman that he was getting married or that he was engaged. And so there was this, they're, they're kind of like resolving their friendship or kind of like right. defining it. And now this is, um, those were two really good issues. Yeah. And now we see Batman with uh, Wonder Woman. This, um, the Tom King stuff is just some of the best Batman. It's been really good. It's so invent, it's inventive. He, I'll just say it. He's he's doing things that, like you, you think that you know for a character that's been around since what 1939 or something. Yeah. We would have seen it all. Yeah. I feel like, and maybe we've seen a variation of this, but not in a long time. I think he's Tom King is doing some some new stuff, some yeah. groundbreaking thing. You know, yeah. storytelling. Uh, oh, and did you read the, like, this is off topic because I know we want to talk about the Wonder Woman thing, but did you read the uh, issue before this, too, that was between issues? The um, I did. The origin of Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Oh, my God, that was great. Like, I was, like... I was pretty messed up. Yeah. It was, it was genius. Like, it was, like, a genius kind of one-shot issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And not only that, it was it was almost it was like a legitimate mystery. Yeah. Which I feel like you really don't see in Batman books anymore, yeah. or detective comics, or anything. Right. It, you know, the, he's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. Right. I feel like we haven't seen that in probably twenty years. Yeah, it hasn't been done a lot. You know, that like actually focusing on him as the Dark Knight detective. There. It's just him being Batman. And beating the shit out of people, yeah, and, and having like cool gadgets and, and stuff. I, I think Tom, I think, I think King uh, addresses that mm-hmm. in in a lot of the the especially the newer stuff. Um, the other one was the annual. Oh, I did not, I did not read the annual. That's worth reading too. Okay, I'll put that on my list. Yeah, and f- for the same reasons, because there's, it's basically, um, it's basically how Catwoman and Bruce Wayne met. Oh, okay. And how they became interested in each other, and it's really good. And it taught you know delves more into their relationship before now, you know, before the proposal and everything, and kind of sets up like their their love interest. Um, so that one was that was another one too, and it was it was um, old school detective stuff too. That um, Catwoman was basically trying to make Batman better. Like, she's like, I'll keep breaking in early on, or Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Batman. She's like, but she just kept breaking into his house so that he would have better security. <laughs> and by the end of it, though, you realize that Batman's just let her. You know, because he's already, he, he does fix it because he's like, oh, yeah, she found another flaw. But by the end of it, he's like, I knew what you're doing. <laughs> you know, it's like, because he's, he's Batman. He's Batman. Yeah, he knows. So <laughs> it was really, really okay. good. All right. So, moving on to this one, to uh, Batman and Wonder Woman. Yes. Well, you know, hold those up for a second, because those... Okay, I, I think these the, covers are awesome. The covers are great. It, these were variant covers, too, I think. So And and that's not the... the Is that the interior... This is... Interior artist, or is This that, is not the interior artist. Okay, I, I didn't think, think so. Like, so, it's Joelle Jones doing the interiors, which she's not... She is not the the series regular artist. Um, It's Oliver Koipel. Oh, okay. I and thought it looked Dave Stewart okay. on variant covers. I thought it looked like so that one 
And then we have this one. Yeah, those are great this is covers. This new issue right there. Yeah. I, I want to see Olivier Coipel do more of that. <laughs> yeah. These are these are awesome covers. Um, but uh, what's her name? Uh, Joelle uh, Jones. Joelle Jones. Her art on this, I love it. I, I think, freaking love it. I think she <laughs> is... I think she's the real star of these two issues, yeah. like even beyond. I agree. Batman, Wonder Woman, Tom King. I mean, her art is killer. I totally agree. Um, who I can't re- I can't think of who she reminds me of right now, but it was a it was the Wonder Woman book that I read recently. That was a graphic novel. Uh, I'll think of it. Okay. If we talk, we'll talk. We keep talking, and but just this her. Um, her Wonder Woman in this book is just beautiful. Yeah. So it's like, ah, I see what they're going for here. You know, like, <laughs> let's put the uh, new, you know, newly engaged Bruce Wayne Batman into a situation. Yeah, it with, was kind of like uh, the, the classic Wonder Woman. The classic will they, won't they. Yeah. Um, so without giving, I guess, too much away, so they're Batman and Wonder Woman are helping this. Uh, warrior called the he's just known as the gentleman yeah what, a, what a name the gentleman the so gentleman he ex- exists he's a I, he's i think he's a, a human or something he's some sort of yeah or su- some sort of supernatural being i don't know but he exists in this other realm of the um where he all he does is fight back these hordes of monsters and demons it's all he does and there's a and I don't know if they ever explain how Batman and Wonder Woman came across the gentleman, but they right. basically said like once every or like once a year or something like once every so often when you need a break, we will take over for you. Like they're basically switching places. So yeah. he's going to come to to Earth or come to our world. Right. Wonder Woman and Batman go to his world and fight for him until he's ready to come back but there's the but there's a, a time differential where like an hour here is like 10 years over there yeah it's it's crazy so though. they've been there for like so 40 years or something it, like I that i think the all total it was 37 years um but the gentle the gentle man doesn't say he that that's what's going to happen is the time dilation. He doesn't let on right away. So, so Catwoman is kind of like his his escort around town. She gets him set up with like regular clothes, and he, I guess he's got a wife that he goes to visit that he hasn't seen in forever. Which um, for him, forever for her, a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but he he lets on the the time difference, and Catwoman's like, okay, that's not cool. You have to. Like, I'm sorry, but you have to go back. Like, yeah. they've been over there for nearly 40 years. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, to Wonder Woman, that's, I mean, she's, she's immortal. Or that's she, a good know, point. She's kind of a god. Yeah, she's. Batman, you know, he's, he's, a, he's mortal, but it doesn't really, the, the, the time difference didn't really seem to affect them, though, and like in like it's not like he aged rapidly or yeah, anything. It was kind of weird. It was weird. Like the the rules for this place were very bizarre because because they never aged. I think just the idea was 
the, the way time elapsed that it, and the way the, 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 the hordes were endless, which they said several times, the yeah. hordes are endless, that it was just – it was almost like just time had no meaning for anything. Yeah, that's what I thought, It was too. just a never-ending battle yeah. between good and evil. It almost seems like it's on a loop, but if – but the whole thing is is if they – if no one battled the horde, then they would bust through our world, and that's that's what the gentleman does is he constantly protects our world from you know from them coming through. Yeah, he's the he's the he's the man on the wall. Yeah, but but in a way, yeah, it's not like you could almost think of it as it's not a new horde; it's just the same horde over and over and over and over forever. Right. Um, but he, but because his. You know, or Batman and Wonder Woman, their minds understand the progress of time. That they're like, wow, that we have been here for 37 years. So they know exactly how long they've been there, mm-hmm. even though they show no signs of aging. They they know that the days have come and gone um, for that long. So, um, but that leads to, like, I, I mean, think about that. You're you're on a battle world with Wonder Woman for 37 years and and you don't make a move like what <laughs> like that's crazy yeah you know like what a like like what a perfect setup for you know like to test his yeah to test his resolve or his, to his, his commitment his fidelity yeah which yeah there, there's kind of a cliffhanger at the end of one episode kind of the of the part yeah you know something going to happen between them um but he stays strong, and but you know, in, in the second issue, you know, when he comes back, he—I wouldn't say he like it's not like he, it, you know, flat out says what happens. I, I think Catwoman says, "Were you good?" And he says, <laughs> "I wasn't." What yeah, he says, like, well, "What does he say? Like I wasn't bad, but or I, I could have been better, or something like that, or I wasn't." He go, He says, "Not bad, but not good enough." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Okay." And he's like, "This is new for me. I'm trying." Yeah. So, and I, 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 she would have to understand. I mean, like, like you said, being trapped. You're basically with the most beautiful woman on the world, on the, you know, on the planet. Yeah. And you're like, "Hey, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not tempted at all. I'm for 37 years. I was just fine." Well, not only that, but you're, you're like, you know, yeah, right. You're you're locked at, like every day for 30 some years. You're locked in these life and death battles. Right. That. You know, eventually you're going to, you know, that's going to wear on you. And the other thing, too, is they actually did not understand the time dilation. So they didn't know that for Catwoman it had only been a few hours. They thought, he thought when he came back it was going to be 37 years for her as well. Mm -hmm. So he was thinking, like, oh, she's probably moved on. You know, she's with someone else. Right. You know, and here I am, you know. You know, like he's having all those questions thinking, like, the whole world has moved by, and we've been here all this time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would probably play into his, uh, you know, questioning of whether or not he's going to remain faithful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's <laughs> – but, I mean, yeah, we like, who knows what, you know. Like, I, I just like how Tom King does it. He's just like – he's like – guess you know you guess if they did <laughs> if they did or not yeah it's it's kind of vague i mean y- yeah you kind of you know would hope that they would 
stay. I mean, they 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 both seem to you know when they, when it looks like they're almost going to kiss, they kind of both come to the realization of what's happening. Yeah, there was there was one inconsistency in the second issue. Did you catch this with the times, the years? So, like in year ten is when they were going to do the kiss. Okay. And it just says year ten at the top, and then like. Um, Flip a few pages, and it's year 24, and then next page, year 19. I didn't know – yeah, they, they did And then go, 14. They, they did kind of flip 31, back 37. And yeah. And I'm not sure really what the purpose of that was, you know, going out of order back and forth between the years. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't I, – I, I don't know. I was like, is this just the printing error or what? Like, this doesn't make any sense at all, like, yeah. why they would jump around now. Like – You've already confused the audience with, you know, the uh, time dilation. Now we're now it's not in the right order. You mm-hmm. know, like what's going on here? So I, I yeah. almost feel like it was just an error in the book. You know, like I, I don't know. I I don't know. I kind of doubt that. I mean, just because of the, you know, how careful Tom King or you know his the way his storytelling is, and there's I, I feel like there's a there was a reason for that. Yeah, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, that's what, just kind of that was probably my only criticism. Really, was that it threw me off with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, again, the the you know, like we said, kind of before with Kickass, what's great about these issues is you can pretty much just pick them up. Yeah, yeah. This is a nice two issues. You, like even though it's a Super Friends Part Three, Part Four, mm-hmm. you don't actually need to read Part One and Two. Because they're both two separate stories. Yeah. So although, although you should, you should read them because they're all, they're all great. Yeah. And honestly, every it's so weird. Like when when he started writing this book, that I was off and on as to whether or not I was going to buy it. Mm-hmm. And I finally was like, you know what? He hit. He comes up with these neat ideas. You know, all the time. Like these are what? Like these are these biweekly too, or are they monthly? <sighs> I thought they were bi-weekly. I don't know. DC's publishing schedule has been kind of crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, when uh, Rebirth was only what, like two years ago, or yeah. even yeah, two years, like, or not even like a full two years, and they're already on issue forty. Yeah, exactly. That's what. So they're really pumping these out. That's so. what I think it is. So I think this is a bi-weekly title, and that sort of puts me off. And I was like, I'm not going to buy that if it's not good. But I'm like, dang it, it's good, and I have to keep buying it. And, and I'd skip an issue because I didn't have it on my pull list, and then I'm like, I have to go grab that one. Mm-hmm. you know. So I was like, fine, put it <laughs> on my pull list. In fact, put them all on there. Yeah, so, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I mean, you know, you, you could say that, you know, Batman is always going to be one of those books, but it's it's – you know, like any book, it's got its ebbs and its flows. But yeah, but uh, the Tom King run has been really—it's a nice, um, really excellent from from the beginning. It's a nice, uh, like a different take versus what Scott Snyder has done, mm-hmm. where his is like, you know, a rock concert, like crazy, yeah, crazy stuff happening. Um, I feel like this one is a little more of a grounded version of Batman. That's yeah, more, and, and more of a detail guy. Yeah, and, and, and then, 
you know, and we really enjoyed like a Scott's. Yeah, like we. <laughs> I was Sorry. Say, well, we, you know, we Scott Snyder's one was really enjoyable too. It's just enjoyable in different ways. You know, where I feel like yeah. Tom King's run is a little bit more thought provoking. It's a little more emotional, it seems. Yeah. Like, you know, we always complain about the whole bat and cat um, talk, but mm-hmm. I think that's part of what he's trying to go for in the book is the emotional side of Batman. Yeah, and because that's because he basically has no emotional yeah, side. Yeah, he's always hardcore. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I so. forget what I saw this posted somewhere, and it was supposed to be, I think, like, oh, ha ha ha, look how cold-blooded and awesome Batman is, but there's this, I think it was something out of, um, it was a panel out of maybe one of the Superman books or like Super Sons or something yeah. where uh, Superman, Batman, Superboy, or Jonathan Cat, like the little, you know, yeah. Superman's son, and Robin, like Damien, are sitting around a table, and it looks like Lois is serving them like pie and milk, Yeah, and you see... Uh, Superboy leaning over to Robin, whispering like, "Why doesn't Why isn't Batman eating my mom's pie?" And Robin says something like, "Because Batman don't eat pie." <laughs> and I'm like, and he's sitting there all stoic, and, <laughs> and I'm like, "What the f is wrong with you?" Yeah, like, eat a slice of stupid pie. Yeah, he eats pie. Like, come on, you know, it's like you're supposed to be sitting in your best friend's house. Yeah, you don't have to be stupid jerk stoic batman all the time <laughs> you know so sometimes that that turns me off the fact that everyone feels like they have to write batman like he's like he's so so emotionless and like he's a statue he's detached he's unreachable that kind of stuff but he's not like that at all mm-hmm. um he wouldn't have he wouldn't have so many robins you know or right. a bat family if he was that detached if he didn't have any feelings yeah 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 so and that and that's what i think with this run i think that you get the uh you get the softer side of batman you get a little more emotional even though he's still that stoic character and silent type um he his emotions are coming through because he has to admit that he has them especially with catwoman he has to admit it you know to himself right well i mean he's you know he's marrying the woman he has Mm -hmm. to he has to show some emotions at some point yeah i like that it goes it kind of goes back to you know remember uh when the new 52 started and basically catwoman and batman were getting it on in like the first issue and it was like this dirty scene of them yeah that was the first issue of catwoman where they were having sex up on the (laughs) roof of a building and but you know what like these kind of stories lend more credit to that kind of story like the fact that they they have this history of you know the you know you know the heat you doing know it. yeah yeah sneaking around and doing stuff but then they're like well we actually do care about each other too doing it bat style yeah so <laughs> so like I mean people can take a scene like that out of context and yeah. be like oh yeah this is oh uh, this is a smut book that, you know and that, it's like no it's not it's, there was a lot of controversy surrounding that that page yeah. Um, that, yeah, I mean, aside from the the depiction of them having sex with their costumes on and yeah. just the, you know, there was just people that were just kind of, it just, people just lost people, their minds. People had a, had a, took a side on that one. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it was weird. 
Because I was just like, eh, whatever, DC. <laughs> no, I thought it was I thought it was kind of cool. Like you said, it yeah. kind of showed a different side of Batman and the relationship that they had. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too is like um something I read about, you know, Batman and Wonder Woman is that they that there's always been a, there's been romance hinted at many times between the two characters. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel like they're friends. I feel like they are honest friends instead of um, you know, like, hey, you know, if we weren't friends, we'd be totally to get. They're not like that. They're actually legitimate friends, um, and respect. You know, there's like a respect between the two, and yeah, I think they 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 share something different than say, you know, Batman yeah. and Superman share something in that they are they complement each other well because they're opposites. Yeah, Wonder Woman and Batman complement each other well because. Because they're not opposites, because they yeah. are more like that they have, you know, they're both more like warriors and yeah. they're very. That was a great showcase for them. A lot of times they're very black and white in their their thoughts they and even, their decision making. Right, that's true. And they even said that too, that she, she could have just picked Superman. It would have been like easier for him to fight because he's unbeatable, but it wouldn't have been easier for him because of. Because it's more of like a supernatural setting, yeah. and he, he doesn't do well against magic. He loses in the meaning. He 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 would. He needs a meaningful fight. Like he needs it to be meaningful, and um, he probably would lose his way after so many battles that he would just be like, "I don't know why we're doing this anymore." Yeah, he couldn't hang in there for like thirty plus years. Yeah, but Batman's like, "No, I get it. Like this is what we have to do, and we'll do this forever if we have to." Yeah, it's a, it's it's a war. It's a war that yeah. he's. You know, even if it never ends, it's a war that needs fought. Yeah. Or it's a battle that and needs think, fought. And that know. was a nice uh, show of difference in characters, you know, and that Wonder Woman's like, yeah, that's why I picked Batman, because I need I need someone that's going to, mm-hmm. you know, see see this through like I will. So, you know. But, you know, hey. <laughs> it's good. I don't know. It was good. Good stuff. Yeah. Like we said, and it's it's easy to pick up because you don't have to have read anything that came before. Um, so, well, let me talk about one last thing. It's got one more. One more. The secret <laughs> secret one that I don't know about. This is um, the Wildstorm. Oh, I do. Volume know this. one trade paperback that uh, just came out. It, it, this series started last year. It's Warren Ellis writing and art by John Davis Hunt who I was not familiar with before this, but they basically, they're reimagining the Wildstorm universe, yeah. which is kind of like the, the Jim Lee-verse. Yeah. Um, this, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Is it under the DC yes. or it, well, Wildstorm? Like, no, well, I mean, everything is under DC now. Like, DC, yeah. like, Wildstorm is part of DC. Right. So I, I think you remember when they kicked off the new Fifty Two. They they were they gave a lot of Wildstorm characters. Some of them got their own books. Some of the characters were folded into some mainstream DC books, like they yeah. had always been there. Right. Um, and it didn't really work out that well. Right. It it, it never does. It just didn't. The, it never the, does. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Wildstorm characters never really 
fit nicely with the DC characters. Yeah. I think the I think strangely the only character that was kind of mildly interesting was Midnighter. Yeah. Because he totally like he was almost like enamored with Nightwing. <laughs> like he wanted to get with Nightwing basically <laughs> or he just admired his body or something. Yeah, was, yeah. You know. But so now they're giving the Wildstorm universe another go, but it's it's self-contained, but there are subtle hints at the DC universe mixed in. But for all intents and purposes, this is a reimagining of the Wildstorm universe. Um, and, and it's like Warren Ellis cherry-picked certain elements, uh, certain characters. Like, it's it, it's not everybody. It's not... Gen thirteen and oh, okay. wet works and whatever yeah. you know it's it, and Stormwatch it's it's bits and pieces from all of those from a lot of those books, but it and it's a it's the it's issues one through six, and I will say it's a it's a slow burn, mm-hmm. but it's a satisfying slow burn. Okay, if that makes any sense, because there's there's equal amounts of it's like they're setting everything up like this first volume is setting everything up but you know but there's also equal amounts of uh, action and good dialogue and good characterization you know so there's yeah. and there's um there's everything so there's like it's super powered espionage there's assassins um altered human super beings secret world controlling organizations and you've got characters like uh grifter yeah voodoo well a, a lot of your wildcat characters okay. are are in it but they're that all makes sense but but they're not together they're, they're all like separate yeah and they all have different roles in this universe and it's, it, it, it's not even like a thing where like oh eventually they're all going to get together and form a team yeah I don't think they will. I think they're all going to be separate. You know, they are all going to have separate roles in this universe. But um, Zealot, uh, there's a, a Deathblow. Um, and then from the Authority, like uh, the old Authority book, there's uh, Jenny Sparks. Oh, nice. And the Engineer. There's um, a kind of a different version of Stormwatch. They call it Skywatch. Okay. But the bald guy that runs it, that Henry Bendix. Yeah. He's in it, and it's just this. Like I said, I, I I didn't know really what to expect. You know, when, when I first heard they were bringing the Wildstorm back or Wildstorm Universe, this book called the Wildstorm, I'm just you know I kind of rolled my eyes. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I kept hearing things about it, and and I was on uh, Comicsology. The other night, that's where I was, you know, I download some of my, or buy some of my books now. Yeah. And they had it on sale for uh, $5.99. Oh. It was like half off, basically. Nice. So I'm like, I'm going to try this, see what it's yeah. see what it's all about. And uh, I was legitimately blown away. Nice. I was really pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Not only the, the writing, but the art by John Davis Hunt is really good. Oh, nice. Okay. And it's, um, it's not really flashy kind of art i mean it's mm-hmm. it does have just these um it, it does uh, 
like superhero really well, but it also does, you know, like clandestine operations and yeah. and guys with guns and it just everything. Yeah, just really well. So, um, again, this is something you could uh, you could pick up and with with really no prior knowledge of. Um, so does the um, the what is it five issues? Does it does it have like a resolution or does it is it an ongoing series or it, it's ongoing? Okay, because I think they're up to issue nine or ten right now, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I haven't read any more, but the the first arc is an is a, a nice self contained. It's self contained and it really it sets everything up. But at the end, you're like, "Oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. What's going to happen next?" Like, I can't, I can't wait to read the next volume. Okay, that's how, how good it is. Okay. How much I liked it. So, um, Jenny Sparks was yeah. the. Uh, so, like originally, she was like the spirit of the 20th century. Yes, and now she's the spirit of the 20. First century? She? Or is well, she something so, new? Or? Well, so th- she was probably one of the characters that they spent the least amount of time on. They, they showed her. Okay. And they kind of gave you an idea of what she could do, She's... but only over a few pages. Like, she really didn't have any impact on the story. Do they have her – did they show her, like, what age she's, she is in this book? Because She's an adult. Okay. I, I just wondered because I know in – Basically, in the original version of her, she was born in, like, 1900, and she lived 100 years. And then she would be gone and then be reborn, you know, so every 100 years right. she starts over. Yeah, we you get no – There's no uh, progress on – or, you, you know, like, yeah. where is she at and, now? And she looks completely different. She's okay. not – She's not a white, blonde-haired lady. Okay. Um, it's it, not really sure what uh, she's either. Um, she might be African American or, um, you know, like a Indian, okay. something like that. Um, but she's definitely, you know, they're they're definitely making an effort to diversify mm-hmm. their characters. Um, Deathblow is is African American in this. Okay. Um, Trying to think what else. So this is like a, a reboot, then, like a complete. I, like I said, I, I I call it like a reimagining. Okay. But they're still, like I said, they're they're keeping a lot of the elements that we're familiar with, but using them in different ways. Okay. Like they use um, the term. They they kind of loosely use the term wildcats. Okay. But they yeah. they they just call they they make a lot of reference to. Covert, like covert action teams, and then oh, they start yeah. calling them cats. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, we, or you know, we've got a wild cat on the yeah. on the loose or something. Um, there's and there's brief mentions of, um, and then they fight the Galactus cloud. Now, I'm just, <laughs> <that's> a, <laughs> um, there's there's actually a brief, um, a brief appearance of a, a Daemonite. Oh, okay. Yeah. And but but again, like not in a oh my god, we got to kill this alien kind of yeah. way. Like it was kind of cool actually. Like 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 the Daemonite was not was almost kind of kind of watcheresque. Yeah. 
like he kind of the Damon Damon I just kind of showed up to sell it at one point and like kind of halfway through the book after like all the inciting incidents had taken place and the, the Damonite was like um you know you, you know stop what you're doing you, you have to just sit back and let this happen yeah. blah, blah blah just so it was like i said everything is is familiar yet different okay so it was a lot of fun like i felt like it was it was really fresh it wasn't like totally unencumbered from all the image stuff all the you know from from image to when it had its own book of Arizona publishing as Wildstorm yeah. to it moving to DC to yeah. New 52, all that. It's just completely unencumbered by everything that's come before. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to keep reading it. Nice. I thought it was really good. So once, so I mean, it's almost like a bookend because to the show, because kick-ass is kind of that reimagined kick-ass. Yeah. And now we have Wildstorm. That's yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like a, Hey, jump in. It's new, mm-hmm. fresh and new. Even if you're you've heard of it, you haven't read this version of it. That's right. So that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Nice. I, yeah. Okay. Can support that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else we've got left to talk about? I think we kind of. Yeah, we got it. I think we covered ran through it. a lot. Yeah. Okay. I think we had some good ones. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, we can start wrapping this one up. All right. Um, so, in case you don't know, uh, we are we're recording at Sorgatron Media Studios here in uh, beautiful Beachview, PA. Um, you know, check out uh, Sorgatron Media at sorgatronmedia.com there's all kinds of other awesome shows for you to to listen to there and watch they do a lot of video shows as well um you can find comic book pit on itunes at comicbookpit.com and you can find us on social media uh facebook twitter instagram everything is at comic book pit and if you, you know, are so inclined, maybe hop on iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a review that would, uh, you know, that helps us know if we're, you know, doing a good job as podcasters, yeah. you know, what we can be doing better or what's working for you. And it helps other people find the show. So that's always a good thing to happen. So all that being said, I think we're done with this episode. Got it wrapped up. Yep. This has been episode 265 of Comic Book Pit. I'm Dan. And I'm Scott. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. See you.